Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author, media and PR coach, copywriter, editor and proofreader and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know that I've opened up enrollment again to my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. I ran the course for the first time earlier this year with a group of vegan business owners and entrepreneurs from across the globe over a 12-week period. And it now comes with a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live question and answer call. You can also post your questions on the learning platform and you can post your pitches to get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses and it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. Some of the current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but you don't have the budget to hire a publicist or a PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enrol. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the course Vegans in the Limelight. In this episode, I interview Heidi Lovig, founder of Heidi Ho, an organic vegan cheese company in Oregon. Heidi is all about farm-to-table dining, sustainability, seasonal menus and local. She honed her vegan chef skills during her time living in Hawaii in a sustainable community where she managed an eco-hostel and farm. She's trained with vegans and raw foodies from all over the world and was introduced to the spiritual side of veganism, including elements of Jainism and the ethics of kindness. This resulted in her developing a deeper connection to the ingredients she uses to create her products, which are made in a dedicated vegan, soy-free and gluten-free facility. In November 2014, Heidi appeared on episode 610 of Shark Tank to pitch her products and was successful in getting a deal from entrepreneur Laurie Grainer. This resulted in a ton of national and international media coverage, as well as a high-profile new fan, Ellen DeGeneres. Since being on Shark Tank, Heidi Ho has increased its distribution across the US, it's now in more than a thousand stores, and Heidi is regularly invited to speak or make food for corporations, including Google. In this interview, Heidi discusses why she decided to apply for Shark Tank and how she got picked to be on the show, how she prepared for her appearance on Shark Tank, what it's really like behind the scenes of the show, the benefits of her Shark Tank deal, which continue today, what to take into account if you're considering applying to be on Shark Tank, 
Why she chooses to use certified organic ingredients, despite the challenges involved. How the fast-changing landscape in plant-based foods has changed her mind about working with retail giants such as Walmart and Target, and much more. Here's the interview with Heidi Lovig of Heidi Ho. Hello, Heidi. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm very excited to to dig into your journey because you, you've certainly had an interesting one with your appearance on Shark Tank, which we'll dig into a little bit um, uh, later as we go through. But the one thing I always ask everyone when I have on the show, is there why? What's the reason for running the, the business that you do? You know, that's a great question. I think that the purpose behind a business is so important and um, answering the why because it, it, you know, it creates that sort of the sustainability of how you can uh, navigate the waters of building a business. There has to be a reason and a purpose. So um, for Heidi Ho, I really, I mean, our mission is uh, to make delicious plant-based cheeses that are better for you and better for the planet, right? But um, it started because I'm a chef. I was writing vegan options onto menus in Portland. And when I came across the non-dairy cheese category, as it was years ago, there was no product available that was made entirely of clean ingredients, nutritious ingredients that tasted good. And I think I wanted to make cheese's only purpose is to taste good. And I wanted to make a healthy alternative to cheese that actually was delicious, you know? And so I sort of set out on a mission um, with using really clean food to make um, alternatives. So that's our why. Our why is because we need healthier products that are better for people on the planet. Nice. I love it. And I totally get what you mean. I, when I went vegan 21 years ago now, and this is back in the UK where I'm from, and the vegan cheeses that were around then, it was like chewing rubber. So <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> that category is now becoming much more exciting thanks to people such as yourself. So that's great. Thanks for sharing that. So who are your main clientele, Heidi? Are, are they mainly vegans and vegetarians or not? Or what, what just approximately would you say are your sort of key markets? I would say probably only about um, 10%, 10 to 15% of our business is vegan. Um, Predominantly, it's uh, millennials, moms, healthy moms that are looking for alternatives to dairy for their children. Um, It's people that uh, have pretty diverse, but lean, healthy, organic, and um, just want to feed their kids and their families, high quality food. Um, yeah, I would say the majority of our shoppers and our, our customers are, um, moms, Fantastic. Isn't that great? That's so good to hear that plant-based vegan cheese, you know, it's not just the vegans who are eating it now. I think that's wonderful that it's, it's finally going mainstream. That's fantastic. Um, so when, It is for yeah, all of us, for the whole movement. Absolutely, for sure. When you were first starting out, Heidi, um, I know you said you were a chef. When you first started out with the cheese business, what were some of your key challenges and how did you overcome them? Key challenges in the beginning. Um, that I have no business background, that I don't have a degree in business. I don't come from business. No, you know, there, there's nobody in my family that's built businesses from the ground up. Um, and so I think probably one of our main challenges 
when Lissa and I started the company, she's the co-founder of Heidi Ho, um, was bringing her on because she has a background in restaurant and hospitality management and um, a business background. So uh, fortunately, I was able to bring her in and she could take over that side of the business and I could take over uh, the creative. So that would be one um, access to money. And I think it's such a big problem on, on, on a much larger level access to capital for companies that are just starting out is an issue and banks won't lend because you don't have sales, but you can't have sales unless you've borrowed some money. And so how do we creatively as a community start to look at giving resources or making resources accessible to young entrepreneurs that have great ideas that they want to bring to market? Um, So access to capital was a huge one. And, uh, I'm really lucky. My um, while my mom and dad thought that I was completely crazy for starting a, a <laughs> non-dairy cheese company, and they were like, "What have we done here with this child?" <laughs> um, um, they, uh, my dad made a small investment on behalf of my sister's five kids, so um, five thousand dollars on each behalf of each of my five nieces and nephews. So they're all little equity holders in Heidi Ho. Nice. Um, Because that was the first money into the company so that Lisa and I could get it off the ground. Oh, fantastic. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. It's one of the questions I get asked a lot is, you know, how do I, you know, as a small, like you say, entrepreneur hasn't really got a big background in that. How do we get access to, to that capital? So I, I appreciate you sharing that. So, well, while we're on that, let's, let's go to, cause obviously you decided to go on Shark Tank um, to gain some investment and you got a deal with Laurie. So let's talk a little bit about um, that. So first of all, what, what made you um, apply to Shark Tank? So what's really interesting is I was always very fascinated with the show. And I remember way, way, way back, I applied when like, I think maybe we were selling at the farmer's market when this company was tiny. And I put in an application and forgot about it. And it was, it was ancient by the time it came back around. And actually Shark Tank contacted us. They called me And they said, hey, we're trying to round out our season six. Give us an update on your company. We saw your successful Kickstarter campaign and we want an update. So over the phone, I gave them like the one, two, three of what was going on at Heidi Ho. The producer found me amusing enough that asked me to do a video. And and then I put together a video over a weekend gave that to them. And then it was like, you know, within four weeks, I was um, in like boot camp of pitching investors. And then I was down in LA filming. So it all happened very quickly. I am so lucky um, under the circumstances that I went into the tank. It was around lunchtime. The sharks were hungry. (laughs) I had made them delicious food. So I inevitably ended up making um, the fastest deal in the history of the TV show because I had hungry sharks and I had delicious food to feed them, which is awesome. And I made the deal in, in 14 short minutes 
And that's pretty much what you see on the show is what happened. There wasn't much else to it. I didn't get asked a lot of business questions. All of the kind of boot camp work I had done to prepare for it didn't end up needing to, you know, manifest while I was in the tank. And it was great. I had a lot of fun. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So when you said you made a video in a weekend, like, did you like hire a professional videographer or did you make like a video on your own computer or phone? Um, a friend of mine happened to do video work, like I think on some level kind of commercially. Um, but he was just a buddy and I said, Hey, do you have some time to hang out with me over the weekend and let's, you know, sort of put together a a somewhat decent video. I didn't invest a whole lot of time or money into it, um, because I didn't have time to invest a whole lot of time or money into it. Got it. Got it. No, cool. Thanks for sharing that. So how did you sort of prepare for the show and what was your experience like about, I know you've mentioned the boot camp. What would you say, what were the good things about it? Maybe what were the not so great things about it? And was there anything you would have done differently? Um, I would say one of the best things that I did was took uh, all of the key kind of advisors of Heidi Ho and all of the champions and all of our, what we like to call Heidi homies, the people who have been with us <laughs> since, you know, the beginning. And I brought them all together and gave them all lists of questions and turned them all into sharks and made them spit fire questions at me. Um, and I went into hardcore training with our CFO advisor and spent hour after hour after hour with him. And I would just leave exhausted because I didn't, I, this was not, <laughs> I had no education on what it took to pitch investors prior to this. So um, he really got me, I mean, it felt like stepping into a boxing ring, you know, I was really in training um, and I got really amped up right there, right before walking into the tank, they get you real amped up real quick. And um, do they want behind the scenes before you go on? Yeah, you're getting amped up. They're, they're getting you amped up for sure. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, if I look back and say, is there anything that I would do differently? No, I think uh, I was authentic. I was myself. I was vulnerable. I shared the bit of, you know, the story about growing up um, quite overweight and kind of my own journey with the American diet and being really confused about how I had gotten to the weight that I was at and really a desperate wanting to, I was desperate to understand um, what was affecting me and what, and in what ways and how I could take control of my life through food and my relationship with food. So um, I'm, I feel really blessed. And I think that the deal that I got with Lori for the time that the business was at and where we were at as far as our sales and the exposure that it gave us and um, that partnership still today. She's an incredible mentor, an incredible human, um, very accessible to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I really do, I think. Oh, fantastic. Although I was going to ask you, yeah, what, what happened after that? So you got the deal and, and how did that benefit your business? I mean, obviously you got the big profile uh, push of being on a, a national um, TV show and that's obviously continuing today, I presume. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, what I think is the most awesome about the entire experience is that I took I got to take vegan cheese onto national primetime television and tell 10 million people in one show 
that vegan cheese can taste good, that I got to have five non-vegan investors try vegan cheese and all of them enjoy it yeah. on primetime TV. That you know, was and very I think cool. <laughs> that, it was very cool. It was so cool for the whole of our vegan community to be like, hey, vegan cheese doesn't suck anymore. It's actually <laughs> really good. And, you know, and so you can try it too, omnivores, because look at these five celebrity investors that are all enjoying themselves eating it. And I think that that has taken our category to the next level. That really, like, I feel like I got to contribute to catapulting the category and, you know, in general. So I'm honored that I got that opportunity. Oh, definitely. No, for sure. For sure. Um, so what advice could you offer other vegan brands who are maybe perhaps where you are at or a similar position to where you are at before you went on the show and they're thinking about, oh yeah, I'm going to go on Shark Tank or I'm going to apply to go on the show. What tips would you offer them? Oh, the tips that I would offer any company that is wanting to go on Shark Tank um, is to be authentic to tell your story, to share the why, to, to definitely um, share your passion. Um, and I think the most important thing is don't go into the tank if all you want is money because, or all you want is exposure because really the show is there for companies like Heidi Ho to get yes exposure but to build a partnership where we can really take our companies to the next level. So if you are truly authentically seeking a partner and, um, and you have the passion and the drive behind the company for, to go, you know, like, Oh, it's the turtle. Like it's a long journey to start and build a company from start to finish. Um, and it takes a tremendous amount of tenacity and a lot of humility and um, a lot of authenticity. So that would be probably my pieces of advice. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I'm glad you brought that up about the exposure because I think you're right. There's probably a lot of companies that go on and they're th thinking, oh, well, I'll apply. And it doesn't matter if I get the money or I get a deal. But just by being on the TV, I'll get this free publicity. So I'm, I'm glad that you've, you've touched on that, that going in there with that authentic intention. Um, so are they interested in people at a certain point in their company? Like, do you have to be like, were there certain criteria that you had to fulfill in order to be able to go on there? No, I think they look at beginning stage, pre-money, you know, pre-sales. They look all the way to obviously companies that have lots of sales and lots of growth with more potential growth. So um, there was no real criteria to fit into. Um, they really look at each company, like what opportunities are here for these sharks and the sharks do not have any idea what's walking into the tank. Oh, really? They have no idea. Oh, I did wonder that. Like, okay. Yeah. They're not exposed until the moment that you're in front of them. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, obviously, obviously having been featured on the show and you've got a deal and you've got a, a ton of media coverage and you've also got praise from Ellen DeGeneres. So how has that benefited the business? Uh, how has that benefited the business? You know, that exposure, that level of exposure, and like I talked about, what an honor it is to take um, a vegan cheese product onto that platform. Um, the exposure has obviously 
catapulted the business to a whole nother level. Um, we, I get to do media interviews. I get to take the vegan message out uh, in all different ways. I have opportunities that come at me all the time. This is my second interview today. Um, and it's, it's just such an incredible journey. And it's still ha- it, it, we still have so much more we can do with it. Um, I don't think that I can quantify. I think it's insurmountable. I really do. Right, right. Got it. That level of exposure is just completely insurmountable. And um and I'm so blessed. I'm just so blessed. Yeah, and I guess it's good to be prepared for that kind of thing because like you say, it can sort of happen quite suddenly, you know, with something like an appearance on Shark Tank. And I guess you've got to be ready for that as well. Yeah, well and I, I you know what's kind of I think I'm kind of, I'm a big personality. Um and I got a lot of energy. And I don't think that there's any way to sort of prepare for the aftermath of the shark tank effect, as they call it. But the things that I wasn't anticipating were like, you know, um, taking selfies with people in restaurants or at the airport or being recognized, like when I'm traveling to go to a trade show or like that, that level of um, familiarity that people have of me. I I could have never prepared for. Right, right. How have you handled it? Oh, I'm like, let's take selfies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm so excited that people remember the show, that they remember the product line, and that it's I I'm just so stoked that they're like, Hey, you're the vegan cheese lady. Nice. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> nice. I sure am. fantastic I noticed on social media recently you posted you were making some lunch for Google um, which is obviously fantastic you know getting into these these mainstream companies I think is is really groundbreaking now and it's obviously a great thing to do for vegan brands to be able to break into that corporate market but it can also be a bit tricky as well Um, so I'm just curious do you have any tips or advice on how vegan brands can break into that corporate sector um, advice on how to break into food service. I mean, that side of the business is something that we've just started to sort of uh, navigate. And and that's an arm of the business that we've been so focused on retail that I hadn't even started until this year looking at. And we started small. I mean, from the go, we've been selling um, food service size, uh, you know, to like local pizza shops and a few different places in Portland, but we started really small. And I think that starting within your own community is really, really important. Um, It's not a secret that there are higher margins in food service, that there is, that it's a great way to help with your cash flow when you're starting out. Um, our journey was a bit different with our exposure on Shark Tank. So we were very focused on building the brand before we started building the food service arm. I, and I do believe that it starts within your own community. Um, I've had the fortunate opportunity of, of getting to share the product line with um, Google and Twitter and some other big corporations. Um, and now I'm up against the challenge of how do I get them to incorporate these into their menus on a regular basis so that they're sharing vegan 
our vegan cheese uh, with everyone that's eating at Google every day. I think Google serves 80,000 plates of food a day. And even if we could have vegan cheese on, you know, a thousand of those plates, that's a good account. And um, I love that these corporations are, are drawing their attention to the demands of their employees saying, we want more vegan options. We want more gluten-free options. Will you give us these things? And it's coming from, it's coming from the ground up. Cool. No, it's good. That's good to know, actually, because often sometimes when people are in those kind of work situations, they're like, oh, I don't want to be the weird vegan, so I won't speak up. But actually, what you're saying is they do need to speak up because that only then can things change. So no, that's fantastic. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's coming from people's voices saying, you're not giving me enough options. I keep ending up with tofu stir fry and I'm (laughs) sick of tofu stir fry, you know? Got it. Got it. In regards to the use of the word vegan in your marketing materials, Heidi, so I know your, your products are they're vegan certified and, you know, you, you've very much been quite um, upfront and, and prominent about that. So tell us a little bit about your choice of how much or how prominently to use the word vegan or not in your branding and marketing and whether that varies from, uh, whether you're pitching corporates or retail. You know, I love that question. Um, We are absolutely a proud vegan company. And I think there is so much attached to the word vegan. It's an activism word. It's an action word. It, It means you're participating in a movement. It means so many things, right? It's not just about the choices of food. It's the choices of clothes. It's, it's so many things. Um, and when we really got down to the way that people feel about the word vegan that are mass consumers and how we can capture everybody in a non-threatening way. Now there was a technical hitch at this point in the interview where Heidi and I got cut off and the next part of her reply didn't record. She basically said that she's happy to bring the word vegan to the masses, which is fantastic. And we pick up the interview as she's talking about why she chooses to use certified organic ingredients. And this is part of her mission to create a demand for these and healthy products. It was very costly. And I think because I'm sort of a visionary when it comes to the things, I was thinking big picture. The larger my company gets, I'll be able to buy in larger volume that will create larger demand for these ingredients. And in the long run, my costs will come down. And that's exactly what's been able to happen. You know, so now we have um, potato farmers that have acquired more land to grow more organic potatoes or have converted land that was conventional to organic to be able to provide more potatoes because we've got more demand for potatoes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And how that got to trickle out. But as a small business thinking like on someday I'm going to be able to affect the way people are choosing to grow food as I build this business was very hard for me to convince other people and very hard for other people to wrap their heads around that my little vegan cheese company would someday be able to affect farms. And it has, and I knew it would, but it took a long time. Right. When you say other people, are you referring to like family and friends or are you talking more like retailers and, and, and uh, distributors, etc.? Banks, Banks, uh, investors, okay. right. um, <laughs> you know, um, partners. Yeah. Like that, that, those level of people, people with the money. 
Got it, got it. On the subject of retailers, you're now in, I believe, nationwide um, stores, um, more than a thousand retailers, I believe, I saw on your website across the US. Um, what are some of the challenges or the considerations a vegan brand needs to be able to get into retailers, even locally, let alone nationally? That. Um, I would say one of the biggest things is not putting all of your eggs in one basket, um, diversifying. Uh, even if you're starting local, work with a lot of different stores. Um, those partnerships matter. The small, the smaller relationships, the ones where they've got one or two stores, or maybe they're just one little mom and pop, those relationships matter. Nurture them, take care of them as you continue to grow. Um, that this industry is changing so fast. Like plant-based food is the fastest growing category in the entire grocery market. So um, the landscape is changing. You know, when you have Amazon's buying whole mm-hmm. foods markets, yeah. when you have, um, you know, Nestle today bought Sweet Earth. Um, oh, did there they? is. Yeah. Yes. And so huge investments going into, we've got General Mills and Kite Hill. We've got large, large companies coming in and um, the entire landscape of how we acquire our food is changing. So I think wrapping our heads around what what does the future of retail really look like? How much influence is this Amazon acquisition going to have on retail on a store level? What is, what is shopping going to look like in 10 years? How can we get ahead of that now um, and participate and be a part of things like Amazon Fresh? And, um, you know, if it's shelf stable, getting being an Amazon Locker accessible product or um, just really looking at the long term of grocery and also how, uh, how are natural food stores going to withstand conventional stores like Target, Walmart, um, you know, Kroger, the big, big conventional grocers, as they continue to bring in more and more and more and more natural, organic, plant-based foods and creating deep partnerships with those as well. So I think it's just an ever-changing, very quickly changing industry that we all have to stay on top of and diversify in. Got it. Got it. Fantastic. You know, ultimately, because we want to make vegan and plant-based foods affordable and accessible for everyone. And that does mean working with, you know, Kroger's and Walmart's and Target's. And I know that when I started Heidi Ho, it never, ever crossed my mind that we would ever even consider working with a Walmart, right? But when I think about making vegan food accessible to everyone, then we have to consider talking to Targets and Walmarts and Kroger's and making it accessible. And that's ultimately what we want. It's going to have the most impact. Fantastic. So my final question was going to be, what's your long-term vision for, for yourself and for the Heidi Ho brand? Oh, Heidi Ho. So our long-term vision for Heidi Ho uh, is to become a heritage brand um, to be the next Annie's, to be the next Amy's, to you're going to find Heidi Ho in every aisle of the grocery store where um, we can be a reliable uh, 
totally clean ingredient food that you can trust, that you know that we're um, certified organic, that you can grab snacks, you can grab dressings, you can grab all different kinds of food, and it's that we are the most trusted brand in plant-based food. Got it. Fantastic. You've shared some wonderful insights, Heidi. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. It's been great. And I'm looking forward to seeing even more success as you continue to grow. So thank you so much for your time. Oh. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's great. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Heidi. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was Heidi Lovig from Heidi Ho. You can find out more at HeidiHo.com and that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 87. Now for our vegan business news roundup. An all-vegan milkshake truck has launched in Austin, Texas, reports Veg News. Milky Way Shakes offers six milkshakes made with a combination of coconut-based ice cream and almond milk, served with mix-ins and toppings such as coconut-based caramel and vegan meringue made with aquafaba. Among the flavours are the Red Planet, containing a mix of strawberry, blueberry and fudge, the Oreo Borealis, that includes mint Oreo cookies and a fudge swirl, and the Crackle Massacre, a caramel chocolate and cinnamon shake with cayenne pepper. Wow, (laughs) they sound delicious. The business was founded by Moni Bergin and Rachel Horosovsky, who reached more than their crowdfunding goal of $10,000 with 112 backers last year. What a fabulous niche business. Vegan milkshakes from a truck. (laughs) I like it. Plant-based treats keep going from strength to strength. Plant-based drinks company Pacific Foods in Oregon is bringing out a cashew non-dairy product. It's made with organic and fair trade certified cashews as the company is committed to sourcing only from suppliers that follow rigorous social, environmental and economic standards that guarantee safe, healthy working conditions. Carrie Davis, assistant brand manager for Pacific, said, Our fans are careful about what they buy and the impact it has on personal and planetary health. As a manufacturer, we're always aiming to provide great-tasting, nourishing products made with organic and ethically sourced ingredients that consumers can believe in. The cashew-based drinks are available in four carrageenan-free flavours, original, original unsweetened, vanilla and vanilla unsweetened, and are the latest addition to Pacific's lineup of other non-dairy drinks, which include almond, hemp, coconut, hazelnut, soy, rice and oat. And all of the new cashew milks are gluten-free and soy-free. So this company's commitment to ethics is part of their brand story and finding the stories in your brand is really important to raise the profile. These are the kinds of things that make a brand stand out from the rest and it helps to attract the attention of the media as well as being appealing to customers. And if you need any help with this, it's something I teach in my Vegans in the Limelight online PR course and group coaching program. There's a whole module on how to find the stories in your brand. So you may want to check that out. You can go to veganbusinessmedia.com and there's a link there for Vegans in the Limelight. 
Finally, plant-based American celebrity chef Matthew Kenny has opened a vegan eatery in London's East End in the UK, reports Plant-Based News. Kenny, who lives in Los Angeles, is renowned for his culinary education programs to teach chefs to cook sustainably. The new restaurant is called Essence Cuisine, and the food is described by Kenny as both healthy and decadent. What a great combination. I like that. (laughs) Kenny's known as a specialist in raw vegan dishes, and Essence Cuisine will serve up raw, vegan, gluten-free, refined, sugar-free pancakes, pad thai, lasagna, and much more. Fantastic. It's great to see the expansion of these American brands into the UK. Kenny joins the By Chloe chain, which is also opening its first eatery in London's Covent Garden shortly. That's late 2017 if you're listening in the future. I'm planning a trip to the East End when I'm in London in a few weeks' time for the VegFest UK trade and consumer shows, and I can see I'm going to have to check out Kenny's new eatery. Brilliant. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more resources, including details of my media and PR consultations, copywriting, editing and proofreading services to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business, and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.